TFA fam, what is up? What is happening? Welcome back in for another live edition of the Fantasy Authority. Getting prepped. We are almost one week away from the start of the NFL season. One week away from the, what is it, the Bills and the Rams on Thursday Night Football. We have one weekend left. One of fantasy drafting. So... Whether you've drafted, we're here to help. Whether you haven't or whether you have and you have questions about maybe who should you pick up or all those uh, types of questions, that's what we're here for. So, Cody, how you doing? Doing fantastic, man. We have Penn State football tomorrow. Penn State kicks off the season against Purdue. Nice little Big Ten matchup to kick off the season. So, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. Mizzou also kicks off the season tomorrow. Your boy, your boy, uh, Roundtree got released today. I saw that. I saw that. I also your saw boy, they signed Sony Michelle. Yeah, I guess I guess we should talk about some some news that actually matters. Oh, Beatty will land on someone's practice squad. He, well, he's he's on he's on the Ravens. The Ravens got him on the practice squad. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, any any questions, go ahead and start loading them up into the chat, and we'll, we'll stay as long as needed. But yes, the uh, the Sony Michelle news is probably the most fantasy impactful, other than your boy Josh Gordon being released from the from the Chiefs, so that, that dream is dead. But Sony Michelle to the Chargers. Yeah, I think that's that's I think he's going to be the number two. I mean, it sounds like maybe it sounds like Isaiah Spiller because there was really no positive in camp about him at all. Like there was no like, oh, mm-hmm. he's been looking really good. You know, he didn't really do anything in preseason, and so I don't know. Like you know, sometimes you should just stick with your guns on things because like coming into the process, like the drafts and everything else, I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not, big, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Isaiah Spiller. I was never really big on him. And then he went to the Chargers. So then I was like, okay, well, opportunity could be there for him because Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree are the ultimate Jags. And so I felt like, okay, this was an opportunity for him to be that number two because I think the number two is, it can be a, a you know good role. I mean, the Chargers have said, even Austin Eckler himself has said that they do not want him you know touching the ball as much, even as much as he did last year. And so you know they want that number two. That's kind of what they've been searching for. And Sonny Michelle kind of has proven that he can be that guy. And so you know I think when you when you see Sonny Michelle, Sonny Michelle, Sony Michelle, like I think he's some of the people should be looking to add, you know, because I think he's gonna, you know, and if something were to happen to Austin Eckler, uh, then that is a very, very good role to be in in that 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 Charger offense. So, um, you know, I I in my own leagues, I went out and added him today. Uh, as soon as the the news looked like he was gonna sign there, I went and picked him up because I think there's a decent upside there. Even with Eckler, I think he could be like a kind of like an RB three type. Yeah, he's gonna get goal line opportunities. He's gonna get the short line work. He's gonna mix in. So. You know, I, I, I kind of like him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I still think, especially because of how late this is in the process, I still think this is wheels up for, for Eckler once again. You know, maybe a couple weeks in the season. I think the, the biggest threat is going to be to the, to the goal line work for Eckler. But I, I still think in general that this is – it's it's an overall positive for Eckler. 
yeah, it's not it's not like anything that kills him or anything like that. Yeah, I mean he's he's still gonna be heavily involved in the passing game, which is where the most lucrative part of his game is, anyways. Yeah. So I've always kind of viewed him as kind of like Austin Eck or Austin. Eck- yeah, I do view him as Austin. Eck- I view him as Alvin Kamara, right? Somebody that that he's gonna get a lot of targets. You know, can get up to hundred targets in this offense, and you know uh, anything anything in the carry department is just a positive for him. And so obviously the touchdowns was that was a big boom from him compared to what we've seen in years past. But now we know he can do it, so it's not really that big of a you know big of a deal. So. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that, that was a good move for that. And then, um, you know, some of the other moves we've seen so far this week, um, you know, I think, uh, Mar- Marlon Mack, uh, getting released, but he's back on the, their practice squad, but it just seems like a weird move. Like I didn't really understand why, cause like, you know, you figure I mean, even at best, I mean, he'd probably be their number three, you know, there, but big news for Damian Pierce, uh, of course, uh, you know, my biggest pet peeve now for fantasy Twitter has been. Uh, you know, anytime somebody gets hyped, like people have to like, just like try to shit on it, you know, and like, like, oh my God, people are so stupid if they like, you know, uh, you know, Damian Peters, like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, there was a guy named James Robinson who was also on a really bad offense, who also kind of came in late in the process and ended up being a league winner. So, you know, we, we talked about it last night on the ranking show that we did. Like, I think he has a path to being like a low end RB one. Like, that's not crazy to think. If he can be the true bell cow in the offense, uh, I, I think I think that's definitely uh, in the range of possibility for him. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still still extinguishing the flames on my on my desk here from from whenever you were talking about that that last night. I mean, I I, I know that James Robinson did it, and I I think Pierce is gonna he, he's a fine RB two. Um, no, it just feels like James Robinson is, is an outlier and we typically don't bet on, bet on those guys. No, but I think, I think where I I get it, it's kind of jarring, right? Because I was kind of thinking about this today, like, you know, a couple weeks ago, he was a late round guy. He was a guy you were drafting the 10th round, right? 10th, 11th round, stuff like that. And now, like, if you drafted today, you're probably gonna have to draft him in the fifth round. Right. But it's just opportunity. I mean, that's really all it boils down to. Like, you know, opportunity is king. If you're going to guarantee, if you can guarantee me and say that, hey, this guy's now going to get 60, 65, maybe 70% of the opportunities in this backfield, he becomes very, very valuable. I mean, he's being appropriately valued. Like, fifth round is fine. He's going at that back end of the RB2s where there's a lot of question marks with a lot of those guys, you know, going around the Josh Jacobs types. So it's perfectly okay, you know, for, for that that value for him. Yes, again, it's it's very much like James Robinson because when James Robinson, when that happened, we have to remember that, like, Leonard Fournette, right? Like, he got cut. And then it was like, oh, wow, uh, that, that was very shocking for a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, James Robinson, who was on nobody's radar, you know, shot up. You know, if you drafted that last weekend right before the season started, you were paying a heavy premium for him. And so it was different, right? And so, like, it, again, I, I see how it's jarring for people. But that's all we, we have to be fluid. We have to be like, uh, you know, we have to be like water, right? And you have to be uh, to be able to be quick to, you know, change your, you know, your um, your takes on stuff. So, Damian Pierce has looked great uh, so far in limited opportunities, and he's going to be the lead back here in this offense. And the only other option in his way is Rex Burkhead, which I'm not worried about Rex Burkhead. Any thoughts on Kenyon Drake? Ashton saying in the chat that he's surprised the Steelers didn't uh, didn't snag him. Uh, thoughts on Drake with the Ravens now? He's super interesting because, you know, I mean, Gus Edwards isn't going to be ready for a while. We know that. And then you also, from there, you also have, um, you know, I mean, J.K. Dobbins. Like, I don't know if he's going to play week one. It's sounding like he may not even play week one. And that's heavily concerning coming off, any, uh, you know, an ACL like this, that he's still not ready. 
I mean, Saquon, whenever he went down, I mean, he suffered that injury in what October or, or it was, I guess, early September, but he had to wait until October to have the surgery. So he was well, well past what JK Dobbins was. And if he still was able to start the year, obviously, you know, he was not as explosive. He wasn't the same guy as he probably is now, but still. So it, it's very concerning for me for JK Dobbins. So for, for Kenyon Drake, like he can be a three down back. And so he can lead this backfield. And I, I, you know, I guess Mike Davis is there, but I don't care about Mike Davis. We've, you know, we've, we've seen that experiment already and that didn't turn out too well last year for them. But um, yeah, I think he is somebody that I, at least for the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, you have him on your team and maybe you, you play him and maybe you try to, you know, slide him into a deal for somebody and, uh, you know, see if you can get anything out of him. Yeah, I think it's, it's a little worrisome, but he also had, I can't remember what Saquon's was. I can't remember if he had, um, if he had any any additional damage or if it was just the ACL. But obviously we found out, you know, just a few weeks ago that Dobbins did have that additional LCL or, or whatever it was, LCL, MCL, PCL, one of those other CLs. I'm was, not a doctor. I just play one on TV. One of those other CLs was was uh, was also impacted with, with Dobbins' injury. So it's obviously not what you want to see at, at this point, but – there was also a time a couple of weeks ago that people were saying like, Hey, don't be surprised if he gets put on an IR to start the season, which would have meant the first, what, four weeks. So it, it's not, it, it, it's a, it's a little unnerving. You obviously want to see him be ready and be ready to go. But there was also this possibility all along that he was not going to be ready for the first couple of weeks. So obviously we know there's going to be plenty of running back volume to go around. So once Dobbins, hopefully is ready to go. I think that that'll be a, that'll be a nice split with, with him and Drake. But yes, I, I do like, uh, do like Drake in that landing spot. I mean, we even saw a couple usable weeks last year from Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. You know I mean? Just out there sputtering on, on that last little bit of gas. And th- there were a couple weeks they were, you know, RB two options. So uh do like that one. Got a question here from Mark Maloney, rank these wide receivers a-Rob, Judy, Gabe, Dave, and Marquise Brown. A-Rob, Gabe Davis, Marquise Brown, and then Judy. I have currently, which should be coming out in the next day or two, our, our wide receiver rankings, but I have A-Rob and Gabe Davis as wide receiver twos, and then I have Judy and Brown as uh, either high or, or you know middle wide receiver threes. I would have it. I do need to adjust my Gabe Davis ranking. But I have it how it is laid out here. This is how I this is how I would rank them. I'm obviously much higher on A Rob than the uh, than consensus. Um higher on Judy than consensus now that you know what I mean it's obviously it seems like everything's point to Corlin Sutton being the guy. So I'm still a little bit higher on consensus than Judy. And then uh, Davis and Marquise Brown um, really like both of those options. But that's how that's how I would have them work. Yeef. Should I trade Dylan and Rondell for Pierce and Kirk? Dynasty PPR on my wide receivers are questionable. Next best is Rondell. Might have to swap a third and for a second on top of that. Dylan and Rondell for Pierce and Kirk. 
You're the dynasty guy. Mm. I I do like the upgrade going from Rondell to Kirk. I to be honest, I I haven't thought about Damian Pierce's dynasty value. Um, man. Because the thing is, obviously, he he's a fourth round pick, and I know that with running backs, you know, I mean, there's not really any round one running backs anymore in terms of NFL draft capital until this year with B. John Robinson when he comes out. I'm sure he's going to end up going in the first. So, like a fourth rounder, you know, once you adjust it for the the positional premiums and whatnot, you know, isn't all that bad. But we saw somebody like Michael Carter go out, perform pretty damn well. And then the Jets trade up in the second to to take three. So, man, I, I just don't know dynasty wise what I'd be doing with with Pierce right now. I think it would be. I think right now, honestly, would be the time to sell Pierce in dynasty and not necessarily buy. Um, I I think there's obviously more upside with Dylan. Obviously, you like the um, the offense better. If anything were to happen to Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon is a locked-in weekly RB1. It's going to have standalone value as well. You know, obviously, I... I know those wide receivers are questionable, but I think I'm going to hold... Just, just after after kind of talking talking through that. I, I do really like Kirk. Um, I have him ranked as a high wide receiver three this year. Um, but I don't I don't know if I'd be willing to to move up to get Kirk and lose out with with Dylan. I think it's kind of kind of where I where I stand. Yeah, the only thing that's tough with Pierce, like I said, is the the role that he has, right? And um, what was it? Walido said Pierce is going to be a sell high after the season. It's a Michael Carter situation. I don't think he's a Michael Carter situation because he's a different running back than Michael Carter is. Michael Carter is a little bit more on the smaller side. Where I mean, Damian Pierce is a a grown man out there running the football. Um, I mean, he is a big back, and if he can be fluid in the passing in the, in the passing, he's going to get far more volume than what Michael Carter did too. Um, more opportunities than Michael Carter did, and so like I don't I don't view it as that type of situation. I don't think this is a Michael Carter type situation. I think it absolutely could be just because of the draft capital. Yeah, but like like and I said, like, like, I, I don't view a fourth round pick anymore as like I, I like especially the way like this year's draft went with, with these running backs. Like I don't view it as like oh this guy could easily be replaced. Now sure maybe they do. I mean maybe, but it feels like that it really depends on how he produces this year. You know because he's going to get all the opportunities that he that he can take. And if he if he has like a James Robinson type season, I don't know if they do go out and. It, it it would be really, I guess, depending on what they do, like a head coach, right? Is Lovey Smith the long term answer? I mean, if they he gets replaced this for you know, and everybody gets replaced in a year or two, you know, for whatever the next coach is, that's what it's always felt like. This is kind of like a holdover situation for this coaching staff, and you know, for this for this really the GM as well. 
um, <clears throat> then maybe then maybe that is what happens. But you know, it just really depends on you know how how he you know goes from here. But um, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yes, DJ Nation is is going to happen tomorrow. I told Maddie if you back out on me tomorrow, uh, I'm gonna fight you. I will drive to Virginia or fly and punch you in the throat. So yeah. Roberto, good to see you as well. Dev wants to know what are we thinking about Javante? He's a back end RB one for me. I, yeah, <laughs> I yeah I I love Javante. Um, you know I've said it for a lot a while now. Uh, I don't really buy into the a whole lot of the Melvin Gordon stuff that you know he's going to be a 50-50 split and all that stuff. I'm not going to go down that, you know, that path again. There's plenty of videos on this channel uh, that you can watch uh, for my full take on Javante Williams, but yes, I am not worried about Javante and I actually think that um, I think he very well could be Jonathan Taylor from last year. Yeah, I still think uh, Melvin's going to be involved, but I don't think it's going to be the 50-50 split that has kind of been pandered around and and, and talked about. I, I do, like I said, I, I do think that Gordon's going to be involved um, on the podcast. It's You're not going to find it on the YouTube channel, but on the podcast, uh, our guy David Berger has been doing a series all August long where he's talking to uh, beat reporters for the actual teams that are at training camp. And the, the Broncos guy that we had on, Zach Stevens, he was saying that, you know, expect Melvin to to be to be involved. He's he's not really going anywhere, but Javante is going to be like the the 1A back here. So probably like a 60-40, you know, Melvin's still gonna be still gonna be in the picture, but should be uh should be, you know, not not full Javante season, but more than what we more than what we got last year. Got a couple of RBs to rank for Mark Pierce, Edmonds, Penny, and Gibson. So it's Pierce for me, and then Gibson, and then Edmonds, and then Penny. Edmonds, Pierce, Penny, and then Gibson. I think this is a pretty interesting group of names. Um, if you know, not talking about Pierce, we've kind of already said we have to say about him. But you know, um, yeah, we talked about him on the the waiver or the waiver the ranking show we just did uh, that got dropped today. But you know, now with the the Brian Robinson news that you know that who knows when he's going to be back. I mean, it's probably going to be a while, and it, at best, it sounds like it's halfway through the year. And by that point, I mean if Antonio Gibson is playing like he was last year and is, you know doesn't get hurt, and I, I think that you know I, I, even when he comes back, like I, they're not just going to okay Brian Robinson here's the job like that's that that would be over with at that point, and he would obviously mix in and you know obviously it's not necessarily what we want to see, but I mean now I mean we have to view Antonio Gibson differently than what we did you know just a couple of days ago, and so like I said I think he's now back to being you know kind of a strong RB two in this backfield. Now, you know, JD McKessick is still there. He's going to take pass catching work away from him, but he has the absolute, I mean, he has the goal line opportunities locked down. And so I like, I, I mean, I'm back in on Gibson, um, not the RB one Gibson, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, Rashad Penny, I also think Rashad Penny is kind of an interesting name because he's going so late in drafts. Like he's a guy that goes like eighth, ninth round. And I think he could end up being a pretty solid, you know, uh, value that we look back upon. I mean, and realize that, you know, last year's ending um, 
really was it, that he can build upon that kind of what a little bit of what he did last year. Um, I mean, he's not gonna be running a hundred yards a game like he was last year and, you know, crushing, you know, being the best running back in the league. Cause he really was over that last little uh, five or six games of the season. I mean, he was legitimately the, the best running back in the league over that. It's not going to happen again, but I still think he can be a solid RB two, And, you know, at that point, and even, I mean, Kenneth Walker dealing with the uh, sports hernia, you know, issue that he was dealing with. That's, you know, so, and then Chase Edmonds, I think <clears throat> looking at him, like, I think there's a, a big ceiling there for him um, in this offense. It's just him and Raheem Mostert. You know, you kind of talked a lot about him last night, but he's kind of been overlooked, and I don't really know why because he's always been, uh, you know, a pretty he's been a pretty a pretty safe bet. You know, whenever when it, and now he's at, there in Miami, and I think he's honestly, I think he's probably third in targets this year on this team. I think he ends up being, you know, the number three target. Uh, I don't people drafting Mike Kosicki. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. He should. He shouldn't be on anybody's radar. I mean, there was talks about looking to trade him. They're gonna, they're they're trying to make him a blocker, like which makes zero sense to me because that's not his game. Like he is a that's not you, you don't want to line him up as an inline blocker. He's more of a move tight end, and so I, I don't know. I just think Edmonds is locked in as being the number three guy and very much in like a kind of like an Austin Eckler light type role. Yeah, I, I I really like Evans. We we don't have to dive into dive into the whole thing. You can just go watch the running back ranking video that we dropped if you want to see our our full thoughts. And you talk about Gibson on that video uh, as well. Caden, fellow on the right, Pittsburgh fan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he he's a fan, but like I mean I I mean he, he's more of like you know if you've watched the movie Major League, the guy that has like. All of the all the stuff crossed out and like you know just yells and heckles all the players and everything else. I guess we're just waiting for Wild Thing to show back up and you know and all of a sudden Wild he'll, Thing he'll, he'll turn his hat back. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's him! <laughs> That's all we're waiting on. I, I grew up outside of outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, thoughts on Pickens though? Dude should erupt this year. I, I don't I don't see the eruption happening. Not with. You know, not with whatever they have under center or whoever that's going to end up being. And then, you know, you still have Deontay there, still have uh, Patty Fryermuth to get targets. Obviously, still have Najee, still have Claypool. There are, you know, the, the cliche, there's a lot of mouths to feed. This Pittsburgh offense, if they actually had a, a quarterback worth half a damn, would be a, a very, very dangerous offense. It's not going to happen this year. Um you know, potentially, like, do they move on from Claypool? That would obviously open things up uh, a lot for Pickens. I know Deontay only got, what, a two- or three-year deal, so it's not like he's there, you know, super long-term, but obviously Claypool would be the next one to kind of come up who might be uh, might not be with, with the team. So I don't think that the, the eruption is going to happen. Um, we've got nothing but positive reports, but I just don't think that this is going to be the year. I, th I think we're still at least a uh, year out. I think it just really depends on what this offense can be and what they what, what they're looking like, you know. Because is there is there any concern with Najee Harris and this and this you know Liz Frank injury? Because it is that is very much an injury that that can re you can reaggravate that. And if, yeah. it, if he dislocates it, it's it's surgery, and he is in the Travis Etienne camp where he is done for the year. So I mean, there is there is a little bit of concern there with that with that injury. Um, you know, I was actually shocked that they had him play in that final preseason game uh, because I'm like, why would, why? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, there's no reason to run him out there. And so if, 
that if Najee won, if they're not, maybe maybe they reduce his role a little bit. You know, maybe I am surprised though. I guess maybe it says more about maybe the injury is really not that bad, and maybe it was very minor um, because they also didn't bring in another running back uh, unless they're just really confident in Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland. Nope, but, Anthony, your your boy Anthony McFarland was released. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's been, been a, it's been a, it's been a tough few days for for the my uh, <laughs> <bye> guys. <laughs> yeah, for the for the the super deep sleepers. Uh yeah, guys that I have, yeah. You yeah, know, it, hey. I, it it sounds like uh Jalen Warren. Yeah, well, she he, he's done a really good job in camp. Um and you know, so but with George Pickens, I love George Pickens. I think he's I think he's going to end up being yeah. a baller and it, it wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me if he actually is the number 2 uh, you know, target in this offense, but you know, by the end of the year. So um, I just don't know if they don't really have, unless Kenny Pickett, because like, what do you think it's going to take for them to, you know, install Kenny Pickett as the starting quarterback? How, how much of a leash do you think Trubisky gets? I really don't know. I really don't. Because it know. feels like, it feels a lot like that this is going to be like, because like, even in even like even in a preseason like steel like the steel Steelers games it was they're chanting you know Pickett and everything else and it's going to take one bad game from from Trubisky where the fan base is just going to lose their minds and be like get you know get Kenny Pickett in here. Yeah, I mean, I think that the calls from the fan base are going to going to start fairly early on. I just I think the Steelers know what they have in that offensive line, which is not much, and I don't know if they're going to rush pick it out there and throw him into the into the fire like that. It sounds like this offensive line could be worse than it was last year. And it was not good last year. Um again we had we had a Steelers beat writer on and he he was basically saying that the the additions of Cole and Daniels have not been working out the way that the Steelers had hoped. So could be could be a rough year. And it's tough for them too because the way I mean, because how good of a coach Tomlin is, and so every year they finish like right around five hundred, so they never get like this great draft pick. You know, they're not going to tank, and so like you know, and obviously you know with them taking Pickett, you know, obviously now they have to give him opportunities. But I don't know, I don't know if Pickett's going to be the guy either. I don't think so. Should have drafted Malik Willis because he looks like he's going to be a baller. Yeah, what they should have done was just. Not brought back Ben last year, sucked for a year, and got a higher pick. That's what they what they should have done. Yeah, the and tough part not, but, not but, taking a quarterback. But the tough part was that there was, this wasn't the year to do that. Like next year should be that right. year, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and all those guys. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Twelve team PPR is drafting Ramon J. Stevenson in the sixth too early. I think so. Because I, I just feel like with those running backs in that range, like there's better options at that at that at that spot, right? Um, just pulling up the ADP real quick. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's while well, you pull that up, I, I think it is a a, a touch too early. Um, it's so funny how for the longest time with. New England Patriots running backs and Bill Belichick. It was, you know, fade them, you know, don't listen to anything the Bill says. And now all of a sudden, like, we're getting these little whispers that, it, you know, could be like a, a three-down roll coming up for Ramondre. And all of a sudden, everyone's just like, oh, yep, yep, let's do it. Let's, let's get, like, I think I think he's fine as a, as a later round if you want to take that upside swing. 
but um, you know, I, I would rather have Pierce in the sixth, obviously, than to take Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I mean, you can even get guys like Antonio Gibson's going in that range right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is kind of going right around that range. A.J. Dillon is going in that range. Um, Miles Sanders is going in that range. I love Ramondre Stevenson this year, too. Like, I just think you're overdrafting mm-hmm. him. You don't have to take him that early. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to take him in the seventh or eighth. I think even in the eighth round, he'll be sitting there. And so, you know, yeah. take him there. Like, there's no reason to overdraft for Ramondre Stevenson. Swift or Javante in a dynasty PPR? Javante. This is super close. close. Yeah, this this is close. I'm I lean Javante. I like, like I said, I'm I'm not sure you know this year is the year for, for Javante to to go out and just completely take over the backfield. I think we might be a year away from that. Um but obviously in Dynasty, it doesn't really matter if we're talking about this year or next year. I think uh, I, I, I lean Javante, but it's super close. Our man Tam rocking with us. I have Lazard, but I have a trade offer for Ayuk. Thoughts? So trade Lazard for Ayuk. Yeah, I would. I would keep Lazard. But I'm sure you're going to say to take Ayuk. Yeah. So we are of no help. Well, so because it's 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 a little. It just I guess depends on what you believe, right? Because uh, even Matt Lafleur today said oh, that you know. God. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I could see that. I could see where it's more of a committee type approach where the 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 balls really spread around, right? Because I mean, we saw there was times last year. Devon, there, I mean, Devontae Adams didn't play every game last year, and so when that happened, like it very was much of a committee. Like it wasn't like, you know, one guy got 12 targets. Right. And so while I think Lazard is valuable, I don't think he's going to be seeing like some people think that he's just going to be like the man. And I, I don't know if that's going to be the case because we still have like, is, is Romeo Dobbs going to be a thing? Um, you know, like Sammy Watkins for the first four weeks of the season could be a thing. You know, is, is he even on the wall? Is he anywhere in there? Yep, there it is. There it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would rather have Ayuk. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see a scenario where, and Kev, this is obviously how you play. If you're just swinging for upside, I could see that the the upside residing with Ayuk because I, I. I I still believe that Lazard is going to lead the team in targets, but it's obviously not going to be a Devontae Adams type of gap, right? Like it's, it's like Lazard being the wide receiver one, he's not going to go out and get 160 targets and the next closest is going to be sitting at, you know, 95 like that. That's, that's not going to be the case. Um, but I do, I do, I would obviously rather put my faith in Aaron Rodgers. As a quarterback, because with Ayuk, you're still talking about Debo, you're still talking about Kittle. Then you're, you know, take you're going a little bit more run heavy potentially with Trey Lance. We have some questions with Trey Lance's accuracy. So, uh, but I I could see that like the 
the bigger boom bust games residing with Ayuk. Like we, we saw a couple of those last year with with Debo, right? Like it did look pretty, but we there was that what that that one game where Debo had twenty something, thirty something fantasy points. It didn't look pretty when it happened, but he still he still had it. Um, like I said, I, I lean Lazard because of some of the just the, the overall situational questions with Ayuk and that 49ers offense. But you know, assuming that Lazard is your wide receiver four, wide receiver five, you know, what I mean, if you need to put somebody in in your lineup, you know, on a Sunday night game where you're swinging for the fences, I, I could see a case to be made for Ayuk over Lazard. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's kind of like I said, like over from weeks nine through eighteen, Brian Ayuk out targeted Debo Samuel by a pretty uh, pretty decent gap. And he also he was wide receiver fifteen over that span too. So it's just going to be you know how good is Trey Lance going to be as a passer and how much volume is going to be there, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't great as a passer, like he was a man, you know, game manager. Um, where I actually think that the role that Brad Ayuk is going to play is going to be that field stretcher. And we know that Trey Lance is a good deep ball passer, and I think that's where you know th- that that he comes in. And and so I don't know. I, I just prefer Brian Ayuk. I just think that he's a better talent for sure. Um, so I don't know. Dilo, should I draft Eckler or Jefferson? I'm the number two pick. My keepers from last season are Kyler and Swift. Justin Jefferson, especially in a keeper league. Um, Dilo, too, if you're still in here. Uh, how long can you keep him? Do you have any like uh, like restrictions on how long you can keep these players? Because you know, Justin Jefferson could be a guy you could keep for, for the next eight years, you know, if you wanted to, depending on how long you're allowed to keep these guys. Yeah, I don't think, even if it's only one year. Oh, I'm I, still going Jefferson, but I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Eckler. He, that was my guy last year. Just really hard to see him scoring 20 touchdowns again. And in in PPR in PPR format, on a points per game basis, Eckler only averaged two more two more points per game than Jefferson did last year. Like so, that was with scoring 20, 20 total touchdowns. Like very very unlikely that Eckler re- reproduces that. I still think he is a you know a locked in top five fantasy pick, but I, I'm taking Jefferson over Eckler. 99% of the time. 100%. Okay, normally every season we can keep two players. We can keep as long as you want. Yeah. How is somebody not keeping Justin Jefferson? Yeah, what? Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely take Justin Jefferson. And then if you can keep him as long as you want, then next year you just don't keep Kyler Murray and you just keep Jefferson and DeAndre Swift. Unless, yes. this, is like a, unless this is like a two QB league. Even so, then maybe you have a question. But then that would still just for me. Then maybe these just Jefferson or Swift would be the question. But yeah, Et got Michael Thomas in the uh, seventh or eighth round of my draft. What's the potential you see for him this season? What are you? you are you looking looking behind you to make sure that Walido's not there? What? what? No, it's like, but like, I know that I'm not like, I'm not high on Michael Thomas. Like he's one of those players in that range that I feel like I get, like I, I'm either going to be really right about or really wrong about. Um, because I just can't 
draft a 29-year-old wide receiver that hasn't really played for the last year and a half, two years, and that also is dealing with injuries and is already dealing with another injury this year with a more of a compensation type injury um, with the ham what is a hamstring and soft tissue injury, which tend to uh, you know pop back up, and so I just. But and he also is just not a great fit for Jameis Winston for what Jameis Winston does the best. Like Jameis Winston is the, the best targeting outside wide receivers. He's not much of a guy who's going to target those inside guys. It's much similar to what we saw with when he was with the Bucks, you know. And um, same thing. Like so, that's why I think Chris Olave is such a smash value, and he continually just doesn't really rise up the boards. I mean, I mean Drake London goes ahead of him every almost all every time. Traylon Burks goes ahead of him. Um, and I just think that he has the best path to being like the wide receiver one. And so Michael Thomas, like people are hoping that Michael Thomas is going to be the Michael Thomas of old. And it's just not, that's not going to happen. He's not going to see 180 targets. He's not going to see 150 targets. Like, I think that's a better chance that he is probably like sees 110 targets. And for what he does, that's not really great. So unless he's going to make it up in the end zone and, you know, be a big time red zone threat, then, like, I'm not in love. Like, at that price, that cost, that 7th or 8th round, it's fine. I think you can take a shot on him. But I just wouldn't be doing it with the expectation that he's going to return to being, like, the man because I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think full PPR, he's fine in, in that range. Um, I think both of us had him as, like, a mid to – late wide receiver three if i'm remembering correctly from the uh from the rankings video that we did last night um but yeah i, I the the volume is not going to be there and that you know the target accuracy going from you know somebody like breeze who was pinpoint to to to, to james is going to be a bit of a bit of a fall there so like i said i think he's fine um in, in that range i'm just not expecting any like really any sort of ceiling, I guess. I, I think he's going to be a, a solid floor play. Um, I don't think you're going to be winning any weeks because of Michael Thomas. Alexis, before I answer this, um, I just now realized that I never answered you in the Discord. Did you make any decisions on the trades that you were sending? Let me know that one and then... Uh, we'll, we'll come back to it because if you didn't make any decisions, I want to get Kev's thoughts since he is our resident keeper guy. CB. Hey guys, I have Higgins, Lamb, Ayuk, Moore, Amonra, Hans and Lamb both have injuries. Start the injury if they are questionable next week or start two of the other three. I'm so excited for start set questions. Yeah. Um, um, I think, I think Higgins, I think Higgins should be fine. Yeah, he I, had I the yeah. yeah, he right. had the uh the the offseason uh shoulder surgery. I, I wouldn't expect him to to miss. Um if you know if they are questionable, I'm still still playing him. I'm just looking to see if there was any updates on Lamb. I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, I mean I as long as we don't hear pitch count, you know, anything easing him back in, anything like that, I, I'm I'm rolling those two out. 
I don't want to get cute in week one and, you know, start somebody like, you know, Elijah Moore or Monra over, you know, one of my, one of my two studs, not, not week one anyway. Yeah. Dominique, I traded Aaron Jones and Terry McCorn for Saquon and AJ Brown. Half PPR. My <laughs> other RBs are Jesus. And your other RBs are Kamara McCaffrey. I don't I don't even know how you pulled that off, but uh good for you. Good yeah. for you. That is that is a nasty trio of running backs to be rolling out every week. Kamara McCaffrey and Saquon. Well done. Yeah, how do you? Because that's that's an upgrade both ways. Like Terry McClure. How does Terry McClure? One of these things is not like the other. You would have felt like that maybe it would have taken like Kamara and McLaurin to be able to make that trade. Yeah, but I didn't. Good for you. Good. For you. Trade offer in a super flex full PPR got offered Claypool and Wentz for Cousins and Cousins is Derek's uh, QB3. I asked who the other receivers are. We have Keenan Evans, Jalen Waddle, Gabe Ayuk, Dehop, and Gallup. I do not think you need Claypool. I'm keeping Cousins as my third QB. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking, you know, if if you're pondering that, maybe you have a weak wide receiver room, but you don't. Keenan Evans, Jalen Davis, Ayuk, Dehop, Gallup. You you don't you do not need Claypool. No, I'm. There's a, a massive downgrade from Cousins to to Wentz. I think you could even. Ah. I would I would think about dangling Dak out on on your trade block just just to see because in a super flex league just to see what it would fetch you because I am more than fine rolling out Cousins as my QB two every single week. Yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins is always undervalued every year. Like he's he's not a sexy name by any means, but I mean, he is going to be a guy that's going to finish as like a back end QB one, and I mean, where where do you realistically expect like Dak to finish? You know, like he could finish inside the top five, sure, but I think it's more likely that he finishes probably around Cousins anyway. So, so going back to Alexis' question with having Taylor and Eckler as keepers, who are their handcuffs that I have to draft? None. Don't draft Alexis. Do not draft handcuffs. Like your own, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your own, your own handcuffs. It's bad process. You're you're burning a roster spot, and like one, like you know. So if Austin Eckler goes down, like whoever is going to take that role, or whoever, like like we talked about with Sony Michelle, right? Like Sony Michelle is not going to like just get all like get all this pass catching work, right? It's just not the way that's going to work. And so yeah, he's going to get a little bit more opportunities, but uh, he's not going to be that guy. And so same thing with like Naheem Hines, like Naheem Hines isn't all of a sudden going to start touching the ball 20 times a game because Jonathan Taylor goes down. 
And so it's it's just not a smart move to handcuff your own guys. Like the only player that I could really think about that maybe maybe I would you could consider it would be uh, Alexander Madison, just because we've seen so many times that when when Cook goes down, like Madison comes in and just balls. Like even then, I hate it because you're only talking about maybe two or three times a year that you could possibly use him, and that's the only time that he's really is going to become relevant. And when does it happen and stuff like that? And so. It's just never smart. Like draft other people's handcuffs because then they're so much more valuable to other people whenever those things happen. And it can really just kind of cripple uh, another team uh, and you already have them on your roster. And so, you know, it's just not smart to draft your own play, your own handcuffs. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's uh, like, like he's saying ones that you have to draft. Not, not, not for, not for these two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dominique, even in a even in a six team, that's still that that trade still is more than heavily in your favor. Six team, twelve team, that is uh that is that is all you. Kyle rocking with us, seeing a lot of new faces in here as well. Not Kyle. Kyle's been rocking with us for a while. But if you are new to the channel, please hit us with a sub and a like. We are encroaching on 2,800 subs on our way to 3K. So any help getting there would uh, would be much appreciated. But thoughts on the better flex option here for Kyle, Mooney, or Lazard? Since Kevin's just going to sit there, uh, it's no. It's I have Mooney. to. I, I have to do something that I haven't got to do. So far, and I, I just pulled up my week one rankings, and so, uh, you know, I started I started polishing those things up, ready for next week, and uh, uh, sneak peek, we will be releasing our week one rankings probably Monday. Um, and so, anyways, I wanted to go see where I had them, and uh, Darnell Mooney would be the guy I'd go with, for sure. You had to you had to look at your week one rankings to to know that. Well, hey, I, I just want to look. You know, you got you got to take a peek. You know. Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely Mooney. Mooney for sure. Uh the the target volume uh, the 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 target efficiency and accuracy may not be there compared to somebody like uh you know somebody like Aaron Rodgers obviously, but I I think Mooney's target share and overall target numbers are going to be well above above Lazard. A lot of a lot of Lazard talk tonight. A lot of a lot of questions coming in. This one coming in from Ryan. Would you trade Kamara and Lazard for Adams and Hunt? A little weak at wide receiver. Wide receiver one is DK. Other RBs are Eckler, Connor, and Edmonds. Well, first of all, who is your other wide receivers, Ryan? Because I just don't love that. Um, like I'm not. I'm just not as high on Devontae Adams as a lot of other people are. Um. Like I think he's like a back end wide receiver one this year, and 
just because I, there's just not enough volume to go around for him. And so this is just so such a different situation. Yes, you know, we have the shower narrative of playing with this, you know, old college, old college teammate. But I just don't think he has that as like so I don't I'm not as high on him. And and so I if I was gonna trade Kamara, I want something better than Devontae Adams, as crazy as it sounds. And I, I mean I don't think you need Hunt. So what what is the because obviously there's only going to be a handful of guys above Devontae Adams, right? What's a like? What's a who, who's a wide receiver you would target if you don't want to go after Adams with Kamara? He has DK Lazard. I'm assuming Deontay and Olave. So Deontay is your wide receiver one. Yes. I actually think you leave it. Like I don't think you need to make a trade. Like. Sometimes we get in the habit of trying to make trades just to make them. And I, I think this is one of those times. Like, you have really strong running backs, but we, as we know, running backs get hurt. And when you start dealing away from your power position, then all of a sudden your running backs are weaker. Yes, you still have Eckler, Connor, and Edmonds. But, I mean, Connor is hurt almost every year. And if something were to happen to him, now all of a sudden you're in a real, real bad situation where you only have Eckler and, and Edmonds. So I wouldn't want to trade Kamara if I don't have to. And like I don't think your wide receivers are that bad. Um, I think I think they're okay. I think Deontay Johnson is going to be fine. I think he can still be at the very least a high end wide receiver two. I still think he can be a wide receiver one, back end wide receiver one like he was last year. But even still, uh, I still think he's fine with him. DK, I think some of the hate for DK has been a little bit too much, a little bit too uh, overboard. Like he can't like produce anything, and people are acting like he's just going to be completely dead. Well, I'm not in love with the Seattle offense at all. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, with Geno Smith, I mean, we saw it last year, I think he was averaging like 20 PPR points a game in the short sample size that he had with Geno Smith last year. And so I think he's going to be fine. Um, there's not a lot of boom from those guys. But I think as we go through the season, waivers are going to happen and you're going to be able to pick guys up and, you know, kind of make additions. And you have Chris Olave, who's another guy that I absolutely love. I mean, he has a very high ceiling. So I just wouldn't make the move. I, 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 would, I would stay with what you have. I think you're better off with Kamara. Uh, and Lazard, for that matter, than you are with, with getting, uh, you know, Devontae Adams and Hunt. Yeah, I, I think you're right. What I would look at doing is after, because with with Connor's injury history, not saying that he's injury prone, but with his injury history, I would potentially look at moving off of him, like after he has. You know, a, a game or two where he, you know, pops off, puts up, you know, 18, 20 fantasy points. I would look to, to try it because there's definitely going to be, if you're holding on to these four running backs, there's absolutely going to be somebody in your league who is weaker. So I'd, I'd wait until, I mean, even, even somebody like Edmonds as well, to be to be quite honest. Um, you know, I, I'm, I love him. I, I'm really high on him this year, but saying that I'm high on him is saying that I have him as a, as a back-end RB2 when he's been going as like as an RB three. So I, I think even if, you know, if, if Edmonds pops and has, you know, one of those 20 point fantasy weeks, you could look at moving off of, off of one of those two. AO back in the building. Just did one of my drafts, two more to go. Got Mahomes, Keenan, Deontay, Najee, Mexican, Goddard, and Zeke benches, DK, D hop, hunt, Devonta, and Boyd in a 10 man. Should I trade one of my, running backs or wide receivers to upgrade at tight end. No. 
I mean, I think Goddard's fine, right? Like, I think, I mean, I think Goddard is a solid option. Yeah, you don't have, you know, one of the elite couple of tight ends, but I mean, on a week to week basis, he's still going to be, you know, in the upper echelon of tight ends. And he could be a guy that, you know, if this offense does become more pass heavy, which is what I think they're going to do this year, I think that that he could end up being a like a top five tight end this year. Like it's in the it's in the range of outcomes for him. And so you don't need an upgrade at Goddard. Like it's not like you have like Irv Smith or, you know, one of those guys that are kind of like, you know, 50-50 on are, are they gonna pop this year? Are they gonna break or not? Where Goddard, I think you're fine. And so no, you don't need to do anything. I, I wouldn't mess with, you know, trying to trade for a tight end. And you're fine everywhere else. I mean Mahomes you're a lead at your wide receivers I think are pretty solid with Keenan, Deontay you know, DK, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, when he comes back, I mean, that could be a, a pretty big boost to your offense uh, once that does come. And then really, maybe once he comes back, I mean, then you could possibly even look to trade him if you wanted to. Um, I think that's an option. Your running backs, Najee Mixon, you're great there. You probably need, a, from what I can tell, looks like you probably need a little bit more depth because you have a lot of wide receivers on your bench. You only have Kareem Hunt, which is, I think he's fine in a pinch. Um, and so, but, you know, obviously, I guess you have Zeke too, so. Um, yeah, I think it's a really solid team, actually. Um, love Tyler Boyd. We talked about that. Like, he's going way too late in drafts. He should be going much sooner than he is. Yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I think you're fine, Anthony. Um, you know, unless you got a got an offer sent to you that, like, you just couldn't pass up, um, I, I would just I would just hold Pat. I, I, I think Goddard's fine. He's in, like, that tight end like nine spot for me somewhere around there eight nine ten something something like that so um you know you're not talking about having like mo mo alley cox or you know albert o someone who kind of seems to be slipping a little bit i think you're fine with with goddard thoughts on hunter renfro i think it's Somebody's going to get touch squeezed, I think, a little bit here. And I think it could be him. Um, Because a lot of Hunter Renfro's production came really when um, Darren Waller uh, went down last year, whenever he really saw a pretty significant rise. And now with Devontae Adams, I I think he's fine at cost, whereas ADP relies, but he's not like a priority to me. I think it takes an injury to either Waller or – Adams for him to truly kind of get back to being kind of that, that guy he was last year. So I think he's fine, but he's not somebody, like I said, he's just not a priority. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not, not overdrafting him. You know, if, if something pops up with, with Waller, you know, I mean, I think he can be, you know, an interesting flex level kind of play, but um, definitely going to fall back to, to earth following what, what he, what he did last year. So to draft full PPR, rank my team. Hertz QB, JT, Mixon, Hunt, Penny, Gordon, ETN at running back, wide receivers, AJ Brown, Cooks, Bateman, Ayuk, Tolbert, Jahan, Dotson, Kelsey at tight end, kicker, and defense. Doesn't really doesn't really weigh in here. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, Derek, you're just coming here trying to flex on us with this team. Cause like this, Hey, I'd be bragging about it too. If I had this, I mean, this is, this is really good. Love Jalen hurts. I mean, you're running back with JT and Nixon. 
Awesome. How do, how I, don't do you know, get... I don't know. Mixon, I don't know. Right. Mixon fell that far down. Um, yeah. But hey, good for you. And you got Travis Etienne. I mean, I love that's just like tucked in there, right, right in the middle, like uh, at the end. Yeah. Of, like, after basketball. Hunt and Penny and Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Like he should be third <laughs> in this list. But uh, regardless, um, you know, good death with Hunt, Penny, and Gordon, and then a wide receiver. You know, I mean, then your wide receivers with AJ Brown, Cooks, Bateman, Ayuk, Tolbert. I mean, great. I mean, excellent. And then Travis Kelsey in that. Too like how does how does that happen? Yeah, wait. Then I'm like, like, because <laughs> yeah. like, he's going like back in the first round or you know early second. So I'm like, how how did you get also Mixon in this deal with? And then ETN is going like in the fourth round, and AJ Brown's going in the third round. Good job, yes. good for you. Yeah. No matter how it happened, it happened. You did it. Even even as so it's so kind of this was just a just a fun league got the the money drops cut even as it still doesn't make sense still don't, I don't, I don't hey, good for you I I will say this this because like with all the cut like we've been getting a ton of comments on our in our comment section on our videos absolutely appreciate it everybody that does uh mad respect uh but the one pet peeve that I'm starting to have is whenever like all like like when people drop their team and then people have to try to shit on it like. What are you playing in a four-man league? Like, I hate that. Like, because I'm like, one, even if you are, who cares? Like, what does it matter? Like, what, what is it a big deal? Like, or the, I wish I could play in your league. I would kill you guys, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I will say this. Like, seeing, like, some of, like, the six-team league teams and stuff like that, like, that's difficult. Like, that's hard. Because, like, every team is stacked. Those lineup, yeah. Yes, you don't, and lineup decisions you have to make every week, trying to guess who you should play, who should start, are tough. And... So like like I I have respect for those people because even even though yes there's everybody's team is stacked but like winning on a week to week basis I mean there's such a slim margin and trying to make the right decision on who should start and who should sit I don't know it's just that, that's that's my little public service announcement that just like irks me whenever I whenever I see people say that stuff the 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 ones that are the best are the ones that are like actually reasonable like I saw someone who was like how'd you get Mixon and and Javante it's like you mean a running back that's going in the back end of round one and a running back that's going in the second round. Like that's, that's completely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, CB, what are your thoughts on Elliot? Have a league that we auto draft because two guys are in the military out of country been doing it for a few years, but it's crazy. I'm not sure about Elliot. Man, talk about the gamble. That has to be like when you're going through it, it's auto drafting. Oh shit! Just heard my kid wake up. Yeah, what what a what an interesting interesting setup. Um, Kev, you are you are definitely not a an Elliot fan. Uh, I, I think he's I think he's fine. I think you know guys like you, Kev, who are who are shitting on shitting on Zeke. A, a little bit too much. Um, he, he's been rising, but he hasn't gotten too far. Hey, buddy. Oh, turn yeah. it off. <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, it's so bright. Anyways, so yes, I am. I am not as high on on Ezekiel Elliott as most, and I just don't. I just don't really see the value that that he that he brings. Um, 
Yes, he's not, he, he's not. I mean, he's going in like the what? Where has he gotten up to? Like second or third round um, of drafts? And yeah, I think he's back into the third. Yeah, uh, he's going higher than that. He's risen. Uh, he, he's going much in like top of the third round now, um, mid to mid to the top. Anyways, like I think it's just it's just I don't see any like upside with him, right? Like I know Robbie, whatever he's talking about, he's, oh, he has top five upside. No, he doesn't. Like. No, he doesn't. Not unless, like, everybody gets hurt. And I'm not talking about finishing, right? Because people try to use, like, where he finishes. Oh, he finishes at RB1 every year. Yeah, but last year in fantasy points per game, which is what matters, he finishes RB15 in fantasy points per game. On a per-week basis, what was he giving to you? You know, same thing with in, in 2020. It was the same thing. It was like he finishes, like, it was like RB14 in fantasy points per game. So, while, yes, he, where he finishes, that's just more of a, a, a trait of, you know, him being healthy, but on a week to week basis, what was he giving you? And I, I think that's my, my, my pushback on him. I just don't think he has much of a ceiling. And then with Tony Pollard, like I, Tony Pollard is not going away. He's going to be more involved in this off and, you know, in the offense than what he was before. So I just think Ezekiel is capped. Like if he was your third running back, fine. Like, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I just, I am so much more in the, like, I am just, I am just going straight for ceiling. I really don't care. Even in the first round, like I don't care. Like I'm trying to hit home runs everywhere I go, and I just don't see it with him. And so other people are different, and I, I admit that. And you know, I think that at best he's a back end RB one again. And again, I think, but then on a week to week basis, what does that bring you? Because the last two years, I remember a lot of weeks where people were super frustrated with Ezekiel Elliott, and we're like, can I just drop this guy? Because I'm so like, I'm so done with him. And like we're, I don't know. But that's just where I come on. I've I, we've had this conversation so many times. Yeah, like I said, that's why I said I think he's I think he's fine where where he's going. I I don't think that he is I don't think that he is dust. Um, you know, obviously it would be way different if he didn't have that injury because we saw we saw a completely different running back from you know the first five weeks when he wasn't injured to the rest of the season when when he was right. Um, so I, I think we probably see something in between that, which again going to be fine find where he's going. I'm, I'm not, I'm not targeting him, but if he falls in, you know, in your, in your home leagues and your home drafts, um, you know, you kind of, he's kind of just sitting there. I, I would, I would look at taking him like back end of the third. Rate my team from Yeath Allen JT. My Lord. What? What? What take PPR? I get it. I get it. It's a I'll give you an A minus. Hector, Sky Moore or Zamir White with the last pick. I think it's tough because I don't know. I mean, what what you maybe need, but I would probably go Sky Moore. But it's close. I I like Zamir White too. Like I think he's a a very good bench dash this year. It's kind of uh, who. Really wouldn't be shocked by the end of the year if he were to overtake Josh Jacob. Yeah, I think it's a scenario where in order for him to like reach like his true upside, like he needs a like needs an injury to Josh Jacobs about to happen where you know Sky Moore could just end up being, you know, what I mean, like the, the best wide receiver of the group, right? Like he could he could just force himself onto the field and just be that guy. Where I don't necessarily say it was Zamir White, 
just because, you know, I think Josh Jacobs is a little, you know, kind of get piled, getting piled on a, a, a little too much. Um, but I, I still think that he is a, a good running back, and I don't think that Zamir White is going to be someone who just, like, completely forces that that coaching staff's hand and and makes him insert himself into that that lead role. So um I would also probably lean Sky Moore, but like you said, I do I do like Samir White. FG, wait, you just wait until you see the uh, uh the the wide receiver ranking video that'll be that'll be coming out tomorrow. You you don't know. <laughs> you do not know. Kicks for Mike. Uh, just drafted an eight-man league. Kyler, Cup, Hill, Sutton, McLaurin, London, Hop, Bateman. Running backs are Cook, Javante, Mitchell, Pollard, and tight end is Hawkinson. So Kyler, Cook, Javante, Mitchell, Pollard. Cup, Hill, Sutton, McLaurin, London, Dehop, Bateman. Love it. I mean, have you not? I mean, yeah. Cup, really good at wide receivers. Love Cup. I mean, Hill, I think, is going to be a you know wide receiver one again. But Sutton, I think, is a sneaky wide receiver one. I already have him ranked as a wide receiver one. Drake London. Um, has quite a bit of upside, you know, being the, the wide receiver one in Atlanta. You know, Bateman could end up being a solid wide receiver two. You know, you have more than enough depth to wait for DeAndre Hopkins to come back. And then your running back, Cook and Devontae, are excellent. And then you get Mitchell as well uh, mixed in there as your, your your third running back. But he could be, a, you know, another candidate as being like our low-end RB1, especially with them releasing Trey Sermon today. Um, things that aren't surprising that happened, you know, Robbie was surprisingly quiet about that, you know. Maybe that's anyway, why he's not here. Yeah, it probably was. Um, and then even, Tony Pollard. Even, yeah. No, sorry. I was just going to say, like, even in an eight-man league, like, how do you get Cup and then Cook to fall back to you and get Javante? Yeah. Excellent work. Love it. File that one under things you love to see. Yeah. So, CB, if I can get ETN for Zeke, should I try the trade? Yes. I, I would rather have ETN than Zeke. Um, I think probably Zeke's probably safer than what than what Zeke is just because there is a possibility that James Robinson is the lead back, like is the starting running back for this team. And, you know, and ETN ends up losing goal line opportunities and touches and stuff like that to, to him where Zeke doesn't really have that. But then I think there's also the scenario where ETN could get like 70 or 80 targets this year and, um, you know, get – 180 200 carries and be a much better value than Zeke. So, yeah, I I would do that. What would you do? Would you do Brees Hall? Or do you think you'd you'd be giving up too much and giving up Zeke for that? Or Damian Pierce for that matter? I would have ETN. I think I have a. I think I have Zeke ahead of all those guys. Do you have Zeke ranked ahead of all those guys right now? I I believe I believe so. Because I have I have Brees Hall ahead of Zeke. I mean I have a lot of running backs ahead of Zeke. 
Um, I, I have I have Brees Hall ahead of him. I have Travis Etienne ahead of him. Um, I have Damian Pierce ahead of him. I have Elijah Mitchell ahead of him. So, yeah, and I actually, I think with Zeke, though, I think if you wanted to go after, like, a Brees Hall, especially after, like, you know, some of the preseason stuff, you probably could get something else thrown in on that deal. Yeah, it'd probably also depend on when the draft happened, right? Unless this is one of the one of one of the auto drafts, then it probably doesn't probably doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's what that, but that's what I would be looking at if it was me. CHB rocking with us. Got CMC or JJ? It's CMC. It's super close. I love it. Is, it yeah, it, it is close. I, I'm also rocking with CMC. Um, yeah, it's that that one's that one's really close. Still, still McCaffrey for me, but JJ is right there. Evans or Pittman? Michael Pittman. Pittman for me as well. Devontae or Diggs? Diggs. Diggs for me as well. This is a 12-man here from Legendary Pest Control. Lamar, Aaron Jones, Dylan Hunt, Penny, Mike Davis, Sutton, J.J. Pittman, Hop, Chark, Landry, uh, Irv Smith at tight end. So overall, I think it's a good team. Uh, like quarterback, I think Lamar is probably being a little undervalued this year for what the what he brings to the table, especially on the ground. And then with your running backs, I don't love having both Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon. Like That's I think probably it's who you have to start. Yeah, and it, like I don't like it's certainly possible. We've seen it happen in, in years past where you know two running backs could finish as like RB ones. Like it has happened before. I think it was Kamara and Mark Ingram. That that's happened with, but it's probably not likely. And so I don't know. Like it's tough for them uh, to have both of them on your team because again, you're gonna have to start because like the rest of your depth, like yeah, like Kareem Hunt is fine as, as, as long as this is a PPR league. Does he say no? He just says twelve man. He didn't say it was PPR or not. So if it's not a PPR, then we have real problems because uh, I don't love Kareem Hunt nearly as much in a non PPR. But and then we have Rashad Penny, who I, again we've talked about really like, but. And then Mike Davis. I I mean I I think there's better there's probably better guys on your waiver wire than Mike Davis. Um, and then the wide receivers though I think are good with with Sutton love him obviously you know Pittman is Bay, and then you know Justin Jefferson excellent so you really went heavy at, at wide receiver which is good. Uh, I think you're you're really strong there. I just think you maybe need a few upgrades at your running back and maybe try to flip one of those two, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Like, I think you could realistically try to offer somebody like Aaron Jones and, I don't know, one of your wide receivers, maybe. Or maybe not even, maybe just Aaron Jones straight up and try to trade him for, like, Saquon or Javante. And I think you'd be a much, I think then your team would be much better off uh, instead of having both A.J. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Speaking of Mike Davis, should I pick Mike Davis or risk it with a rookie like Zamir White? Zamir. Zamir White for me as well. Green Vibin is with you, Kev. 
I sorry, I must have I had my burner uh you know logged in. I should have logged in under a different name. D Goat. Rate my team out of 10. This is a 10-person PPR. Herbert Stafford at QB, Najee Montgomery, Penny at running back, Debo, Terry Cooper, Waddle, Hardman, and then Knox at tight end. Is this a super flex? Does not say. D-Goat. Is this this a super flex? I'd like to know that. Let's let's lay out the case for yes and no. Okay. For yes, that's fine to have obviously both of them. If it is not Okay, okay it, is. it is. Okay, good, good, good. I was, I was about to dunk. <laughs> but cuz like having both of them in a one quarterback league wouldn't make any sense. But now okay, that makes total sense. Um yeah. Like I don't I don't Najee scares me because we already talked about with the foot injury stuff. Like, but I don't know. It sounds like it's not really as big of a deal. So I think you're fine there. Montgomery. That is a shaky running back room. Yes, and he does it because he just doesn't feel like he's a great fit for this new this new coaching staff and the scheme that they're going to be uh, utilizing there. Um, and so, like, he feels like he's somebody that just may not get nearly as much opportunity as people are hoping, and maybe he doesn't get as much as he has in your past. And then at wide receiver, I don't see like a ton of like upside with this group of of, of wide receivers. Like Debo scares me because of I just don't think he's going to get nearly as many opportunities he did last year. He started, and so like I think he's a guy that we're, we're going to end up looking back on and say, "Oh, this guy was overdrafted a little bit." And then Terry and Cooper, like if Sean Watson was playing, it would it would be a totally different conversation with Amari Cooper, but. Like Amari Cooper now is like a, like a back end wide receiver three, uh, without um, Sean Watson out there, and then Waddle I think is fine, and then Hardman I think is fine as well. So I would give it a solid six and a half, seven. Yeah, I would look at potentially. I would look back at your draft and see the difference in picks between. Stafford and somebody like Cousins and potentially try and like trade down. Like if they were far enough, obviously if Cousins went the pick right after Stafford, you know, you're not, you're not going to get much added on top of that, but you're maybe trying to trade down at one of those QB spots just to, you know, to, to get some other, to get another pick at either running back or wide receiver. Um, pro- that's probably where, where I would lean. You know, just because of you know a lot of things that you were laying out, Kev, I I, I agree with as well. Um, yeah, that's that's maybe what I would try and do. I mean, you you could even go down to, you know, I mean, sending Stafford for somebody like a like a Tua or Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, just to see if you can get like something something else back to help beef up that uh, that lineup a little bit. Mixon and Devontae for Fournette and Justin Jefferson. Yes. Because of getting the the best player in the deal? Not even that. I also think that Leonard Fournette is being undervalued. Like I think with 
Tom Brady in this offense. Like he is a legitimate case for being a top five running back. Um, he was last year and and limited, you know, and you know, you didn't play obviously a full season last year, but I mean, he was number three in targets last year. Uh, I mean, his he is the man. You know, he's going to be the guy that gets all the opportunities inside the red zone, inside the goal line. And so, like, there's not much question marks for him. And then Justin Jefferson, like I said, I mean, we have him as the wide receiver one. I have Devontae Adams as, like, the wide receiver nine, I think. And so that's a big upgrade there between those two, I think, I feel like. And then Fournette, I, I don't think there's that big of a gap between Fournette and Mixon. Like, I have Fournette at, like, RB8. Actually, I have Fournette ahead of Joe Mixon, actually. I think I have Joe Mixon at nine. Okay. I, I would I would do it as well, but um, I do not have Fournette ahead of Mixon. But you're getting the getting the best player in the deal, and you you always want to do that. I still have Fournette. I think I have him at eight. I want to say, and I think I have Mixon at five. Uh, or Hurts and Mixon for Lamar and Dalvin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I think you can definitely there, do that. Is there is there one that you prefer? Between Mixon and Devontae for Fournette and Justin Jefferson or Hurts and Mixon for Lamar and Cook? Flip a coin. I mean, I think both of them are fine. Like I like I, I would probably lean towards the Fournette and, and Jefferson side, but Despair. Rate my team 12 team full PPR. Hurts, Pollard, Gibson, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Kelsey Godwin, Deontay Johnson in a two flex league. My man went with a full zero RB. Things you love to see. I'm going to give it an eight. Obviously, the running backs aren't super strong, but the the news that would happen with Brian Rob with the Robinson stuff makes Gibson a much better pick now and much better option. Um, I would like to know what your bench looks like with this because obviously, you know, who else do you have? But with Gibson and Pollard, like Pollard, obviously is much more of a like an RB three, you know, low end RB two on certain weeks, especially if he gets more um, pass catching work. But your wide receivers are extremely strong with Adams, yeah. DJ Moore, Kelsey Godwin, and Deontay Johnson. Obviously, Kelsey's tight end. But so, you know, you have that positional advantage with Kelsey. Jalen Hurts uh, can definitely be a kind of top three quarterback. I mean, that's where we have him ranked now. And so I like this a lot. And I think, you, you know, if you really needed to, you could probably take a like a Devontae Adams. And I think you could actually flip him for a pretty solid running back if you wanted to. But I don't think you need to. I think you're fine with the way that it is now. Uh, depending on what your bench looks like, you just have to be aggressive with waivers. Yeah, definitely gonna have to be aggressive with waivers. Um, I am much more a fan of the the anchor RB, hero RB, whatever you want to call it, approach. Uh, j- just makes me makes me feel more warm and fuzzy down down, down on my tu- <clears throat> down on my tummy. But um, hard hard not to like that receiving group, including Kelsey in there. Ashley wants to know if Tracer and being cut is Mitchell's draft stock going up. Uh, I talked about him on the running back show that we just released uh, earlier today. The sermon news doesn't really do too much. 
for me to be to be quite honest. And I, the the reason why is, um, and I mentioned it on on the show is that it it kind of it sounded like Jeff Wilson was going to be the the RB two anyway. And even if he wasn't, it's still that it still wasn't great news for Trey Sermon either way. So obviously, you know, what I mean that that's one less potential running back to take away touches or to potentially, you know, cause we we've seen Shanahan flip and, you know, start playing some, some other running backs like with Elijah Mitchell um, at the beginning of the season last year. But there, there was, there was just so much negative reports coming out behind Elijah Mitchell that it didn't really matter to, to me. So um, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily, I don't think I took Mitchell up too much higher in my ranks, but I feel better about having him as like a mid RB2. Like, like I feel much more comfortable with it. Yeah, it didn't factor in for me just because I didn't think Trey Sermon was ever going to be a factor anyway. And so I think I think Elijah Mitchell, like I've said, like I felt like all year – he has been somebody that we could get this, that could very well be a RB one that ends up being a pretty big steal for people because there's just nobody else there that's really going to take away the touches from him. And it's kind of been the narrative all off season with him. Um, yes, he's already suffered a little bit of an injury, but the Trey Sermon news is doesn't bother me. Like Trey Sermon, I yeah. you know we already knew was terrible. Higgins or Mitchell in the flex here for Mike. The Bengals get. Let me look at that. Uh, the Bengals get the Steelers. Steelers. Who do the Niners get? Uh, the Niners are taking on the. We have to get these get these schedules down here, buddy. I know Bears. Oh, Bears. Okay. I'm going Higgins here. This Higgins for me. Yeah, I'll go T Higgins too. Especially, especially in a in a PPR. But kicks for Mike, come back next week where we'll be much more, you know, in the week one, you know, start set set type stuff. So, you know, definitely change a little bit once we dig in a little bit more of these matchups and everything else. Kind of see everything plays out. So um, right now, though, I would go Higgins. Uh, this is his bench. So yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly what you want to see for if you're a zero RB team, right? Ton of upside on and the bench with Kenny Madison. Drake just got the bump. Yeah, Madison Henderson, Drake. I think McKissick is fine. Like he doesn't really hold much of that. But and then Rashad White, same thing. So love this. Uh, I this, you did a very good job with building this team. I think for a zero RB approach. Robinson or Edwards on the IR. I don't know. I'd probably stash Brian Robinson. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you know, unless Drake just falls on his face, I think Drake Drake is probably more a more talented RB than Gus Edwards is. Um, and obviously, with him starting off, you know, starting the the season off on on pop and IR. Uh, isn't isn't great so i think as long as like i said drake just doesn't completely you know fall on his face and you know just look awful 
think he could hold on to that RB2 spot. And who knows if, if Dobbins ends up, because apparently I didn't see the video, but I just saw everyone freaking out about it that, you know, there was a video that popped up that at the end of a drill, Dobbins was had a pretty noticeable limp, wasn't looking too good. So who knows? Drake might even be the, the RB1 on that team. Swift, Saquon, 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 Mixon, Najee, Cook. This is Dalvin for me. It is Swift for me. So I think I have him. I think I have Swift at four, Saquon at five, Dalvin at six, Najee, I think, is at seven, and then I think I have Mixon at nine. Yeah, I think I have it. Cook, Swift. No, Cook, Mixon, Swift, Saquon, Najee. Is how I have it. Yeah. So. There we go. We have come to the end of the the, the questions. Um Again, like we talked about, we will pretty much be live almost every day, right? <laughs> um, I have, uh, we just for the rundown again, for people to hear, we go live every Wednesday night and we will stay until the very end until, I mean, we've, we've done three hour, three and a half hour shows on Wednesdays to answer all, everybody's start sick questions. And so we will do that again this year and we will answer every single one of them. Every question matters. And, you know, so we'll do that on Wednesdays. Thursday is always our DFS. So if you play DFS, that's our DFS degradation show with me and Maddie. We're going to have a lot of guests on this year. Uh, Debra will be jumping off for Fantasy Pros with us. Ryan, you know, it's a good show, fun show. Friday or Saturday, I don't know if you guys have locked that down yet. We have the Prop Talk every Saturday. single, every Saturday. That is excellent. And then Sundays, we're right back here uh, doing this show on Sunday mornings, getting everybody ready with all the news and everything else right before kickoff. And then Sunday night, we jump on at halftime of the Sunday night games and we do the waiver show uh, for the week. And then we just do it all again the next week. And then on two on Wednesdays, all of our rankings videos will drop and then uh, for the week. And so, yeah. And I think we're, like I said, if you're not in our discord, jump into our discord. Cause I think we're still going to try to come up with something we could do just for the discord, maybe like a discord only um, like yeah. waiver show or something. Or, or, Cause like we have, you know, there's obviously voice chats in there and everything else to where we can have, and we could, uh, you know, get people and talk about or help them with their teams or whatever, trade questions, whatever we can. So we're going to be doing um, a lot for, you know, our Discord as well for people that jump in there. Last one here for Kicks for Michael. We'll get out of here on this one. 10-man league PPR, another one drafted. Kyler Adams, Pittman, Higgins, Elijah Moore, Drake London, Ayuk, and then at running back, CMC, Javante Mitchell, Damian Pierce, and Ertz. That's that is very I, very good. Again, I man, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, this one does not compute. So I'm trying to look at. I always look at. I'm like, how did this? Well, how, guess, how did, how well, did the draft? Yeah, then, I'm guessing we we took CMC first, and then I think in the back half of the second, how does that? Adams I don't know how you would have got Adams because like Adams. 
you probably took Adams, Javante, and then. But the, wait, Higgins, Pitt, Pittman, and Higgins, I guess, would be the next two. Yeah, then I guess you would have took them at three and four. And then Mitchell, five. CMC at five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then I guess. Which, probably... which makes even, even less sense. Because <laughs> how, how do you get the rest of those names falling to you in the middle of those rounds? Like it would have made it would have made to me a lot more sense. Like okay, if you're sitting there at the you know what I mean at the, at the end of the turns there, but hey, doesn't matter how it happened, it happened. It happened. Yes, if you, if you are not in the Discord, the link is in the description of this video. So go ahead and join that. Ton of content coming. Week one rankings coming. Those will be dropping. It would. Uh, we'll be going live with Tom to do one more. Uh, season-long prop show as well. So we'll be going live on Saturday night, getting back in the swing of that. Like I said, week one rankings coming out early next week as well. Discord, Twitter, ask questions on any of other of our videos. Make sure we answer them all. Appreciate you guys. Hit us with that like and that subscribe. Talk to you soon.